Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... I'm going to be Big Kurt today. Yeah, that's good. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? On Twitter at B1GKURT. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to our podcast. All right, man. Pretty... Pretty good weekend, football games. I had a great weekend. Yeah? I don't know about you. I mean, despite the loss of my beloved to your beloved Hawkeyes, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. I thoroughly enjoyed all games and just had a blast on Saturday. Yeah. Um, There was two TVs going for the early kickoffs. That was a prerequisite for me. Yep. Um, As I joked on Twitter, the look that I get from Mrs. Greek as I – Grab the cable box sure. from the bedroom and take it downstairs. That's it's a it's a tradition like no other. Do you turn it off like while she's watching something <laughs> no, and just I, yank it out of there? I mean, if I had to, I would. <laughs> but no, I'd, I usually try to sneak it. We got another TV upstairs. It's not like she's slumming it that bad. But right. um, uh, but yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of action coming at us in those early. Oh boy, yeah, it's a lot to keep up That's with. Just man. too many. It's too many at yeah. one time. Yeah, four, four you, games going you on. You can't at once. keep up. Totally no, with four you, games. You can really be committed to two. Yes. And then, you know, kind of a flip back to a third, but four. Correct. There's just no way to toggle that. No. All right. Is there anything we want to cover before we get into the games? Well, we're going to do Eisman. Got to yes. do Eisman, of do course. Eisman. So many. Did you, like, look at all the statistical performances from this weekend? Yeah. I mean. It's across the board. There's, like, honestly, 10 guys you could probably give this to. Rashad Bateman, uh, Tyler Johnson, Tanner Morgan, J.K. Dobbins, Cody White. Uh, Shea Patterson had his maybe uh, his best game again. Nico Collins, Adrian Martinez, J.D. Spielman, Jonathan Taylor, in, and Brad Hopkins, finally a non-freshman scoring touchdowns for yes. Purdue. I mean, the guy had eight catches, 127 yards, and two touchdowns for Bryson Hopkins. Bryson Hopkins. Yep. Yeah, uh, but we have to give it to the best player in the country on the best team in the country of the biggest game for the whole weekend. Chase Young, nine tackles. Uh, five of those were solo, three sacks, four tackle for losses. The guy came back with a vengeance, man. I mean, he came back and he looked just like he did before he, the, the two-game gap. He, he basically made up for the stats that he didn't get in those last <laughs> yeah. two games. Yeah. I am really hoping that he still gets a visit, that he gets to go out to. He's got to. To New York. Come on. Yeah. I mean, you think they're going to penalize him? For missing those two games, you think that? Yes, the, I do. Yeah, I do too. I think shouldn't, and especially for, I don't know. It's just stupid. Like what he, nobody thinks it's a big no. deal. It's not like he did anything immoral. Yeah, you know. But long story short, he is an absolute freak. He is showing it every time he steps on the field. Two, two, two game delays, whatever. It doesn't matter. He is the best player. In, not only in the Big Ten, in the entire country. So he's got to be Bruce Feldman's favorite person on the planet right now. <laughs> Big Kurt, not in love with Bruce right now. I like Bruce. I just get tired of all his five-star yeah. you know, I hear you. love and yep. blue blood love. So you wanted me to bring this up because I'm into uniforms. Right. So the USC versus UCLA matchup is something that people in the universe, such as myself, look forward to every year. Because every year they do color on color, and those are – Two of the best-looking uniforms they are. In, in the country. Do, do you not think that plays into why that game is so – that people love to point to the uniform? Because the, it's not just that they're both home ga- uniforms, I mean. Right. It's because the two home uniforms are probably both in the top ten. They're both in the top ten, and the contrast against each other is so nice. It is the best-looking game every single year. And I had forgot that it was this week. I, th- I just assumed it was next week. Right, for – So I, I, I didn't even realize till it was actually on. I'm like, oh – so my take is this, that is USC and UCLA's thing. So just leave it on, yeah. the, on the West Coast Yeah. Um, to compare it to Ohio State, Michigan. Might as well just talk about it now because I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bitch about it more next week. But again, I better see a home uniform Traditional for Michigan and the away uniforms for Ohio sure. State because that is what the game should be. It's there shouldn't be, be any... Any you know weird alt uniforms or should no. be there? That game's bigger than having a home and home. Like I just cannot imagine Ohio State being okay with Michigan wearing their home uniforms in their in their like they would no. take offense to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Michigan would too. And I don't know why the USC UCLA thing got started, how it got started, or how long they've been. I think they've been doing it for for just about ever. But I'll just give a plug to. Uh, uni-watch.com, Paul Lucas and Phil Heckins' uh, blog about 
all things athletics aesthetics. Um, and then I would like to give a shout out to, uh, we'll say Josh and Jacob, listeners to the Eyes on Big podcast. Okay. They had, uh, J- Josh had been asking me for a couple days, hey, have you checked your mail? Hell, have you, hey, have you che- finally oh, yeah, checked, yeah, yeah. finally checked the mail. Okay. And in there was 40 or 50 uh, uh, personalized Eyes on Big stickers that, that they sent me. It's, where are they? You didn't I, they're show upstairs. me. I, 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 I'll make sure I give oh, you man, a half I can't wait. before you. I'm excited. So, so thank, thank you. Thank you, Josh and who? Josh Jacob. And, Josh yep. and Jacob. That's yep. awesome. Yeah, thank that you was, guys. That was good stuff. So, And I love how it has our little jerseys at the bottom. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we shared them on Twitter. Check it out. I, I think it's pretty cool. So, all right. So go ahead and move into some games. Yes, sir. All right. So chronological, like we did in the last podcast, we will do it again. As we said, all 14 teams played this week and uh, uh, seven on seven. So all Big Ten teams against each other. First up, Iowa, 19, Illinois, 10. The Hawkeyes had 387 yards of total offense to the Illini's 336. This was what you'd call an awesome football game. I was thoroughly entertained from start to finish. I don't even care that Illinois lost. It was one of those games I just enjoyed so much at the end. I'm like, eh, whatever. It was we'll a good get, game. We'll get him next time. Yeah. Um, I think there was, uh, fair to say, a certain level of hitting that was going on in this game from start to finish. You think um, there's some chippiness between these two a little bit. teams? Yeah. I mean, there. what you had talked about last week definitely came to fruition in that I guarantee you Lovey – piped it into their brains mm-hmm. the the two weeks because they were idle last week. Yep. That that 63 to donut score last year, there was payback for that. I mean, that <laughs> They came was, to play. They 100% came Absolutely. to play. Um, I would say these were two pretty darn evenly matched teams. It sure seemed like it, on right? On Saturday. I know I'm going to – I hope this doesn't make me sound like a homer too much. I don't think this was Iowa's best day offensively, but – Obviously, Illinois had a lot to do with that. They were slamming yeah. their D-line and linebackers all day long, daring Nate Stanley yeah. and the Iowa offense to throw the ball. That was the only way Iowa was going to move the ball. Were you impressed with how they were able to shut down the run? Yes, I was. I kind of was, too. I didn't. And I frustrated. Was, <laughs> impressed I was, and frustrated. Yeah, I didn't realize they had it. I mean, they, they gave up 79 yards rushing on the day to yeah. Iowa. And typically... When Iowa can't get over that century mark for rushing, they don't win yeah. the game. Um, there was a lot of consternation among Iowa fans on the play of Nate Stanley. I mean, 18 to 35, 308 yards, no touchdowns. He had a pick. Um, he missed throws. There was no doubt about sure. that. Um, Illinois is always going to be in that too high safety look. They're usually they're going to dare you yeah. to hit the seam route. They, they were actually mixing it up a little bit. They were more more than usual. I would say. Okay, they were mixing it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, usually that's going to leave a, a tight end or, or wide receiver open in the seam route. Tight you gotta, ends are killing Illinois. And it should have been worse because there was plays yes. that he just absolutely, absolutely through. But like we kind of talked about before we sat down to record, uh, not that distant pass, not too distant pass. Whenever you, uh, a team would take away Iowa's run that effectively as Illinois, did on Saturday. There was no answer in the past for Iowa. They, their offense was just completely sure. shut down. In this case, at least Stanley and the wide receivers were able to make some plays. Yeah, I don't know what uh, Iowa fans have to complain about with Stanley. Basically, Illinois shut down the run. They said, if you're going to beat us, Stanley's going to have to be the one to do it. And he did it. He did it. I mean, what, what, yeah, he did enough to get the job done. Well, yeah. I don't know how you can really be that upset with him. Right. He didn't have an awesome game, but no. he threw for 308 yards. He had enough. Now, Brandon Peters. Yeah, this was the difference in the game to me. Brandon just had. And, and which part are you talking about? Because his his legs were, were the difference well, in the game. That was a huge thing. So Illinois could not really get ten anything. carries, seventy six yards. Yeah. He had a seven point six yard average carrying the ball. He was the only one that was really. You, you sent out a ground. tweet that was funny, like, "Wow, we uh, Nate Stanley had a nice run himself yeah, for a first yeah. down," and you sent a tweet out something like. Wow, turned into the Iowa Illinois game to watch these mobile quarterbacks, yes. Brandon Peters yeah. and Nate Stanley. Um, and then Peters, 16 of 31, 125 yards, touchdown, two picks. Um, so, I mean, that was the that was the game. They, Il- Iowa flipped the script on Illinois did. and did the, the turnover thing that usually is what Illinois I, is so I would good at. say there was two factors in why Illinois lost the game. The first one, yes, inter- uh, turnovers. Yep. Second one. Take a guess. What do you think? Well, I just for me, it's it's the inability of Illinois to, to throw the ball. OK, well, 
pretty much drop passes. There were balls that were there. Yeah. That Peters put. Yes. Maybe there, not necessarily that one to, on the money, but that catchable. one to um the tight end eighty seven um uh, Daniel Barker when he dropped that one. Oh, that was a killer, man! Right down the middle. I mean, he underthrew I would say the there pass. Was three or four killers. Yeah, there was a few of them. Yeah. That that was bad, but yeah, I guess. I guess we're kind of getting at the same thing. The ineffectiveness of the passing game to me was a big, big reason for Illinois. And then there was that, I'm going to call it, quote, unfortunate sequence of events at the end of the first half where, you know, Illinois gets a shot to put some points on the board and somehow they not only don't put points on the board, but they give the ball back to Iowa. Who puts points on the board? Yep. That was a killer too. Off of a turnover. Off of a turnover. Yeah. The the turnovers, turnovers are never well-timed as we have joked before, but I would say they were especially ill-timed to Illinois. And one thing I just want to say is to, to Iowa fans that thought that this game was going to be 31 to 10. I swear to God, that was the prediction I saw to, from every Iowa fan. I put my prediction out like I always do. And I was pretty dead on. Where'd you you go? I think I, I think I did 20 to 13. Yeah. That, yeah, that sounds about right. So I I had it down as a cover for Illinois. Mm -hmm. I didn't love that line one way or another because I could see Iowa having like a late score or something to push it over. So I just didn't like it either way. I didn't love it. But I think Iowa fans were, were upset that, they didn't beat Illinois worse. Hey, Iowa fans, Illinois is a lot better. Yeah, than they were. Is... In fact, they're not only better from last year. They're better since they, since September. They're way better since September. I'm glad you brought that there's up. There's talent on this team. There's talent on this team. And the way that they're playing defense is, I mean, from, from now to pre-Wisconsin, this is a totally different defense. 100%. And it, for me, it starts with Jamal Milan up front. And then Daley Harding cleaning up behind him. Those two have been Daley awesome Harding this year. was everywhere, dude. I mean, again, twelve tackles, like every freaking game, twelve tackles. Like, and they're playing without Hanson, which was unfortunate. Tolson did okay, and uh, then another. We I pointed out on the last podcast that I wanted Nate Stanley to find Tony Scott pre Tony Adams. Tony Adams, yeah. excuse me. And the guy goes out in the first series. Yeah, first That's series. Up. That was a killer boy. Talk about. I mean, we were we were pulling water boys out to play cornerback. It was that it was getting that bad. Yeah. I mean, we had true freshmen out there, a JUCO guy that's you know buried on the depth chart, and still they kept playing hard. They did, yeah. Actually, I mean, they they played fairly well in in, in place of him. Um, and, and, and when you look at this, so with the win, Iowa moves to eight and three overall, five and three in the conference. Illinois uh, falls to six and five overall, four and four in conference. Couple plays here and there, and Illinois and Iowa are tied exactly mm-hmm. for overall record and conference record. Right. I mean, that's how close it was. This is a game in you know second to last week of the year in November. That's how close Illinois was yeah. this year to to being right where Iowa right. would be. And as far as that non-call and the targeting on, on Brandon Peters when Geno Stone hit him, to me, I saw a guy that was pulling up, so he was there was no intent to do anything. And by the way. The refs have been way more lenient on targeting this year, and and I'm I'm Good. happy for it. Right, like because he he made an honest effort to pull up and not him. Did they hit? Yeah, but it was incidental contact. I mean, I I it, when I look at a play like that, I always think of the same thing. If we saw that play twenty years ago, for oh, sure, you would never think fif- maybe anything of 15, it. Fifteen, we never even thought no. anything of it. Now now it's it was a gigantic debate. Do I think that? That call could have gone the other way. Yes, it could but, have. But, but there was a, it's so close. There was like, there was there was blown calls on both. Sure. Side. I don't think the refs really played into the game that that much. I think Iowa was was up 19 to 10 when that happened. I think it was 19 to 10. I think it was. Yeah. And I mean, basically, there was an 85 percent chance of Iowa winning the game at that point, And that probably put it up to 95 percent chance. Yeah, something like that. But. Definitely. And I want to point this out. This is now the seventh time that Iowa has held a team to their season low in points. This was it's Illinois' season low again. Insane. That How is many? incredible. And, you know, I've never really heard that stat being tracked before. That's a big stat. It's a huge stat. Like, right. Because or the the other side would be a defense where the team has, like, their highest sure. scoring. Like, it's a, isn't that the stat that's even made should, maybe bigger than, like... It should be bigger than anything. Right. Than points given up, than yards given up, than S&P, you name it. I mean, holding a team to their season low output... And not just doing it once, but seven times out of eleven games. That's, That's amazing. It's crazy. That's an impressive effort. Phil Parker's a witch. He he deserves to get more uh, credit than he does. I think. But. Yeah, he's doing a great job. 
All right, moving on to next game, Minnesota Golden Gophers, 38, the Northwestern Wildcats, 22 points. Minnesota had 423 yards. Northwestern had 223. Yeah, so speaking of points, that ties Northwestern's highest Big Ten output of the year. They scored 22 against Purdue. Okay. So uh, maybe uh, Minnesota may be getting a little loosey-goosey on defense there. (laughs) But this one was kind of – they got out of the gate so quick, I think they just kind of got complacent. Yep. Because, I mean, they scored touchdowns, I think, on their first three drives. Before you knew it, you blinked. It was 21-0. I mean, I think the general thought process going into that game was, well, number one, Tanner Morgan's health. So Right. And was it going to be a – well, Tanner Morgan comes in – you know, if the other quarterback doesn't look good, is Tanner Morgan going to play it all? No, Tanner Morgan played start to finish. Yep, which I was uh, surprised. I was, too. I, I mean, I thought the general consensus was that he was going to be out. That's 15 to 23, 211 yards, four touchdowns in this Again. game. Rodney Smith adding 77 yards on the ground. And, of course, Tyler Johnson, 125 yards, catching in a touchdown. There was a – his touchdown catch was just – he just makes it look I know so it. easy. It's well, hilarious. But Tanner Morgan makes it look easy, too. He does. The guy is smooth. He is so efficient. Did you notice that Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson caught 14 of the 15 balls that were completed? Wow. Yeah. Really? Uh, Ottman Bell had one catch. There there were only three receivers for Minnesota in this game, Uh, which is probably not the greatest thing, but at the same time, they were just dominant. I mean, if they're that good. And and, um, again, so I think the general thought process was that Northwestern was going to effectively hit Minnesota with the ugly stick, at least for two, two and a half quarters, sure. something like yeah. that. No. Minnesota just smacked them. Right? No. I mean, if if you if Northwestern's defense can't keep the game close to begin with, there is no chance for Northwestern to keep in with the game. No, but you know what? So Hunter Johnson, another bad game, got yanked after a right for two start and three sacks. Uh, but where's Andrew Marty been? All year, he he looked like an athlete to me. He looked like a he's eight of ten for ninety five yards. Not bad. One touchdown, no interception. Right. He also ran for fifty two yards. Where yeah. have they been hiding this guy? And my general thought process was how bad Northwestern's quarterback play has been. And this guy was fourth string to start the year off. You're I know like, it. How bad is this guy going to be? Like, we oh, I, I thought it was going to be awful, but he looked okay. I think he looked at least as good as Aiden Smith, maybe better. Yeah. Definitely better and, than Hunter Johnson. And, and then also Evan Hall didn't have a huge game, but 14 carries for 51 yards. We're even hiding that guy. Yeah. The the running back next running back room next year for Northwestern is actually going to be pretty solid. Quite a I quite mean, a Evan few Hall, guys. Um, uh, what's his name, Derek Anderson, and then, of course, if, if Bowser comes back, they just got to find a quarterback. Speaking of uh, running back rooms that are pretty uh, impressive, uh, Mo Ibrahim, Muhammad. Also added 76 yards on the ground. Shannon Brooks, 44. 212 yards of rushing for Minnesota. Uh, three of their running backs had a five-yard or more average on the game. Mm. That's not what you're supposed to be able to do versus no, Northwestern. you really not. But they did it. Um, I want to name this guy as well. I think I've, I've mentioned something about him in a recent cast, but Antoine Winfield Jr. Eh, oh, it's pretty good. I'm 11 tackles, nine solo, a sack, a, a forced fumble, I think, tackle for loss. That dude is, to me, he's like the best player that you never hear people talk about yeah. outside of Minnesota. Outside of Minnesota. I mean, I feel like this year with Minnesota's success and him just doing what he's been doing essentially ever since he's been healthy and on campus, he's getting more recognition now. I mean, he made the Begnerick, uh finalist. Yeah, so, that's I true. Mean, that, that's going to get you some eyeballs. True. So. It's just you don't hear you don't hear ESPN talking about him. Well, of course not, because it's not a blue blood team and they're in the Big Ten. I know. So why would you want to do that? But he's just so good; he deserves the attention. Yeah. Speaking of good, the Minnesota Golden Gophers move to ten and one Whew. overall. The Gophers have made the ten win plateau, and it's the sixth time I believe in their in their program history that they've won ten games. Sixth. T- Are you sixth sure? Sixth time, yes. Okay. Why? Are you questioning I that? I don't think it's that much. I, no, I think wrong. it's six. Okay. All right. Ten and one overall, seven and one in the conference. Northwestern falls to two and nine Yeesh. overall. Oh and eight in the Big Ten. Man, they only had they only managed two hundred twenty three yards in the day. Yeah. Ninety five through the air. Oof. Yeah. And Minnesota was nine of eleven on third down conversions. Yep. 
nine times. Nine times. You know what the X is going to be next week? The X game? Huh. It's going to be hype. Yeah, it is going to be hype. All right. Moving on. Yes, indeed, this was a football contest that took place. Michigan State 27, <laughs> Rucker Scarlet Night 0. Oh. They got shut out. Uh, Michigan State had 395 yards of total offense. How many yards did Rutgers have, you might say? 140 yards of total offense. Oh, they didn't break 100 on the ground or in the air. Brutal. Bad. Uh, so, uh, Sparty, that is, one more game for a bowl. And you know who they got on the slate next week? Maryland. Yeah, we're going to get to them in a little bit. Yeah. So, looking um, like Michigan State's <laughs> Going to make a bowl here. Brian Lewerke went back to being more normal. Brian Lewerke, 21 of 30, 239 yards, three touchdowns, only one pick is the key. He only had one yep. inter- inter- interception. Elijah Collins he had to carry the ball 31 times to get there, but he gets over 100, 100 yards. That's so. the only thing concerning for me is is that it they they ran for 156 yards, but it was on 47 attempts, only 3.3 yard yeah. average and I think, against Rutgers. I think Rutgers' game plan defensively was – you know, kind of like what Illinois did sure. to Iowa. Like, we're going to make you try to, you know, beat us through the air. They were able to do that. Uh, Cody White, 11 catches, 136 yards, three touchdowns. He caught all three of the touchdowns from Brian Lorke. It's a career day for Cody White. Absolutely. He only had two touchdowns in the season coming into the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about this game. There's not a ton to say. What When I looked at the score, um, my thought process was Michigan State has pride and Rutgers does not. Well, they That's a pride game. It's it definitely was for Sparty. Well, it's a it's a pride game and just being a better team game. I mean, Rutgers is Yeah, is part awful. of it with Rutgers is pride, but part of it is just they just don't have Big 10 talent right now. And you got to give Johnny Langan credit. I mean, the guy plays his heart out. But so he was 8 of 20, 57 yards mm-hmm. interception. Yikes, uh, 14 carries for 49 yards. It's basically the Johnny Langan show, right? And if 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 it was Vince Young trying to be – he couldn't get it done. No, right now, Vince Young think. cannot get it done. <laughs> With Rutgers. What do you think – okay, think so what would his stats be? would be, though? What what would Vince he'd Young's have, stats be? He would definitely have more yards rushing. I think he'd have like 150 have a, passing, yeah. maybe 150, yeah. 125. And about that much rushing. And about that much yeah, rushing, he'd probably yeah. about 300 yards yeah. offense a game. And they, they, might, they might have one more win on the on – the Yeah, schedule. maybe one. Maybe one. Yeah. I'm not even sure they'd have another one, though. I don't know. It, but long story short, again, we, we try not to be too overtly negative on this podcast. There's enough of that going around in yeah. the universe. But there's two teams right now that it's just tough to not talk about how awful they are. And Rutgers is one of them. Yes. And, you know, on the other side of it, Michigan State is certainly having a down year. But it, it looks like they're going to be a bold. It, it does look like it. You know, like they're going to string together enough wins. Of it. They're they're down, but it's not like Michigan State is anywhere close to the levels that Rutgers and Maryland are. Oh, no, not at all. Um, speaking of, this is a positive for, for Sparty, and I guess it's a negative for, for Rutgers. Rutgers' longest play of the first half was a seven-yard gain. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Bad. Oh, man. And then third downs, 0 of 11. <laughs> On the day for nah, Rutgers, you gotta you gotta do a little bit better than a donut on third down. They typically were to win games. They were one of two fourth down, and that you know they had they had a field goal and they it got taken off the board mm. by a holding. So Yikes. Oh, just for, for real, yeah, sorry, it got taken off the the boards. Like they moved it back. Could yeah. have at least held the uh, shutout. No. Nope. All right, with the win, Michigan State moves to five and six overall. As we said, one game away from bowl contention, three and five in the conference. Rutgers is two for nine, oh four eight. Next up, Yowza, Michigan, thirty nine, Indiana, fourteen. Michigan with four hundred and fifty three yards of total offense to the Hoosiers, three hundred and twenty one. Well, we all know I'm a closet IU Hoosier fan. I was pretty jacked because they came out of the gate ready to play this game. Correct. You know, they go up 7 nothing. Yep. They go up 14-7. to seven. Okay, they were down 21-14 at halftime, but I'm like, okay, they're in this thing. And then yep. the third quarter happened. Yeah. And just the floodgates opened. They did. Man. I mean, Shea Patterson, it's 20 one of, those. of 32, 366 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, 
you could have maybe gone like one A one B for Big sure. Ten for I could have player of the week. I mean that is insane. I mean we just said a week or two ago that Shea Patterson had his best game as Wolverine. Well, I think he just did it again, and then he topped it. Um, didn't have uh, any yards on the ground, which is kind of unlike him. Uh, Zach Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins. I'm I'm assuming Indiana's game plan again was to do whatever they could to shut down the Michigan rushing attack, yeah. which they did. I mean, 87 Michigan, yards. 87 yards of rushing for Michigan. That would be something that's concerned. But obviously, they left something open, which was pretty much every wide receiver that was running down the yes. field for Michigan. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, Nico Collins, man, have a day. Six catches, 165 yards, and three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah, 366 total yards passing. Just really efficient day from Patterson, 20 to 32. 11.4 average per attempt. Did throw that one uh, pick there. Um, yeah, just they got – Indiana just got kicked around they in did. the third quarter. They I just mean, got their ass this kicked. this is – I'm, I'm going to say this. I think this is even more of an impressive win for me than Notre Dame was for Michigan. Yeah. When you factor in – I mean, Notre Dame's better than Indiana. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fair. I to think say. so. But the spot that Michigan got these guys in, you know, before the game next week, yeah, going on the road to on the road, sure, sleepy Bloomington to play this game, eleven o'clock kickoff, and and a they feisty this? a feisty Hoosier team that you know we've Excuse talked me, that was an afternoon kickoff, but still, we we've talked about this where the the next thing for the Hoosiers to do, the next accomplishment is to beat a helmet school, so. I guarantee you they were up for this game and they couldn't wait. I think they just got this Michigan team at the wrong time in the season. If Correct. Indiana had caught them mid to early season, they might have been able to pull it off. They weren't going to win this game on this day. So what you're saying is if they would have caught this team in late September, they would have been playing Michigan. But they caught them in late November and they are playing Michigan. Do you know where that comes from? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it's, it isn't it their play-by-play guy from the 70s that used to oh, say is that. Oh, that what it is? Okay. I thought so. Okay. I don't know. I just like saying it. I mean, I never knew where Fowler got it from until like recently I heard like an old where I was watching an old clip and yeah. the the announcer kept saying Michigan. Right. I'm like, "Oh, okay, he must have just got it from that guy." But why was he saying it? Who knows? I don't know. I just always wondered. I usually but, spelled Michigan with 5 E's. 5 E's? 5 E's. Okay. Yeah. Anything else here? Yeah, freshman offensive tackle Matt Bedford got injured. So did Stevie Scott Jr. Yeah. They both went out in the second half. Um, yeah, that's those are tough losses for especially with Purdue the the big uh, the big uh, rivalry game coming up. Pey- Peyton Ramsey also got shaken up a little yeah. bit in this game. Yeah, yikes! Ronnie Bell, did you know that he, that touchdown that he caught was his first touchdown catch of the year? Really? He has thirty-seven catches and only one touchdown catch. Wow. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, um, defense for Michigan is playing great. I think I I really think that they are peaking at the right point. I mean, they look good right now. They're not peaking at the right point for Ohio State no. fans, and maybe to a certain degree, Michigan fans, because would have been nice if they peaked a little bit earlier in the year. They could still be. I mean, one one sure. You know, if they either won Wisconsin or Penn State, they could be playing for a Big Ten championship and probably a spot. In the playoffs, yep. if they would have pulled out either one of those games, obviously they were a lot closer to Penn State than they were with Wisconsin. But right now, I don't know. I I, I feel like it ruffles feathers of certain Big Ten fans. But the the argument of who is the second best team in the Big Ten, I I would give it. We'll go over Dustin Shooty's rankings. I'll, yep. I'll. But this team is they're up there. I think right now, the other than Ohio State, this is the team I would not want to play. Correct. Right now. Yep. I right agree. now. With the win, Michigan moves to nine and two overall, six and two in the conference. The Hoosiers fall to seven and four overall, four and four in the conference. Next up, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, fifty-four. Maryland Terrapins, seven total yards, five hundred and thirty-one yards of total offense. We kind of expected that, but two hundred and six yards. Of total offense for the Terps. Ooh, man, let's let's start with the good stuff. Let's start with Nebraska here. Get right game for Nebraska. Guess so. Going all the way to the East Coast, not easy to do. This is not a team that typically travels well, and to come out and just lay the smackdown on a team like this has got to make you feel good going into the big rivalry game on Friday. Um, 
Okay, so I had said before we start started to record, and I had said it quite a bit yesterday. I threw it as a lock on Twitter. I think this was I, – I don't know if – I can't remember the last time I felt this confident in a handicapping play. I and mean – When I, I saw that line come out at 7, mm-hmm. I already loved it, and then re- didn't realize it, it dropped. It, dr- it dropped down to 5, toward, right? Yeah, I mean, you could get it as low as 4 at some point. I don't understand that at all. I mean, I, mean, I mean, I guess the whole East Coast trip and how Nebraska has struggled away from Lincoln, but this is if, if, if you think there's bad trends for Nebraska, <laughs> look at the other trends on the other side for Maryland. Yeah, so I, I mean, guess let's get to that. This well, is, let's a little bit more with Nebraska. Sure. So largest win since 2014, mm. a 55 to seven win over Florida Atlantic. Largest win versus a conference opponent since 2000. Versus Baylor. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so that was 59 to nothing to Baylor. Uh, and then largest win versus a conference opponent on the road since 1996 versus Oklahoma. No kidding. I mean. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. So the, that go, last one especially. I had to go back to Big 12 Big days. Big 12 days. Yeah. And, you know, so they win this game. They're at five wins now. They're they're uh, five and six. You got a rivalry game coming up. I, you know, they're they're not quite as good as Iowa, but anything can happen in a rivalry game. If you beat Iowa and salvage a bowl and beat your biggest rival in the conference, you salvage this whole season and win the bowl. They could wind up going and, and, seven, sure, and, seven and six and winning their last three games of the year. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're playing for right now. That's exactly what they're playing for. Uh, and that, and because I knew they had a lot to play for. And yeah. Maryland did not. That was the biggest reason for me, along yeah. with the fact that Adrian Martinez is starting to look Finally. like Adrian Martinez. Yeah. 16 to 25, 195 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Also added 94 yards and a, and a touchdown on the ground. Um, th- I knew that they looked a lot better, that Nebraska looked a lot better last week. I know it was mm-hmm. a loss to Wisconsin, but I saw what I saw, sure. which is that Adrian Martinez – was looking good. Um, on top of, of that, Maryland turned the ball over twice right out of the gate on this game. Uh. That just immediately led to points for Nebraska. Even if you take the turnovers off the field, you know, off the, the out of the day, uh, Nebraska still wins this by three or four touchdowns. You right. add in the turnovers, that's how we ballooned up to that score. Yeah, and we and should. They, and they, dude, they, they quit. It was 14 to nothing. <laughs> Dude, I mean, did you see some of the aerial shots yeah. of the shell? Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I know it's so bad. And when and yeah. when Nebraska scored a touchdown, that had to have been an eighty percent pro Nebraska. Oh, absolutely. And we should. I, I mean, how many fans would have been there if this was like, I don't know, Northwestern? I mean, Oof. I don't know if there was. Or could 15, you imagine 000? Rutgers if it was them playing Rutgers? Right. I th- was I, there even five thousand people. I mean, I'm guessing but, there was probably fifteen to twenty. 000 I don't think there was that, that many. Really? Were there? Okay, I don't know. That's um, not a lot of people. We should point out. Uh, in, I think it would be fair to say that if you were in this crowd, you were not crowded. No, plenty, <laughs> plenty of room. Space. Yeah, you could kick back and relax. Luke McCaffrey, ten rushes for eighty-three yards and a touchdown. Man, that was nice to see mixing it up there. Also, three of five passing. Um, Nebraska picks up their. Their first win in seven weeks. Man, what a drought. Really? Yeah, because they had, Boy, a, cu- that ha- they had, cu- they had, they had a couple idols. buys in there. Yeah. Huh. Idols. Idol. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, Maryland. You know, I've talked about teams in the Big Ten improving throughout the season. Have you? It, it's incredible how much worse they've gotten every single week of the of the season. Locks had better, had, had better get his poop in a group quick here because th- this is a poorly coached football it's team. an absolutely poorly coached team um this I, is, I, never... I mean you can't help but think about the whatever it was new mexico or new mexico i know State tenure two, two wins in two and a half years there i mean he's got three this year i don't think they're getting a fourth like this team is getting worse i mean you, you you should always give someone at least four years but there are situations where you just it's not working out. It's clearly not working out. Can you could you start having that conversation right now? You got to give them. I know you got to give them another year, but I mean, this is embarrassing. They're so bad. They're uh, tr- and, and I again, tell you what, he had he better 
set the recruiting trail on fire. He's That's, not. He's not setting it on fire. Not right now. And I mean, I've lost I, a couple from what I've seen. And I will go back to this. This is not an untalented team. Yes, they've had injuries. Everyone's had injuries, though. This is one of the better talented teams in the conference, and they're playing like this. And, you know, this is not going to be a knock on Nebraska because I would say the same thing about Illinois. Nebraska's not the team that should be beating you 54-7. to I agree. You should be able to hang with this team, even if you're not that well coached. You're good that's enough. That's what Vegas thought when they, you know, this started out as a seven point line. Josh Jackson, how do you break a, a person like this? This is a guy who was four setting, of twelve for thirty three yards. He was setting. He set Virginia Tech passing records as a freshman. You you broke this kid. He's terrible now. Yeah. I mean this that, this is all about coaching. I mean the thing is is I guess. If there has to be two teams that are awful in the Big Ten, like there's some sort of, you know, written into to the laws of the land that sure. you have to have two bad teams, I would pick Rutgers and Maryland yep. because I have no, you know, there, no Big Ten fan has the the olden days fond memories of watching Rutgers and Maryland because obviously they weren't in the conference. Another thing that you could kind of spit it and say, hey, the Big Ten, pretty tough conference. Yeah. You don't come into the Big Ten right. and just – start winning football games. Not only is Maryland and uh, Rutgers not winning football games, they are getting trounced. Trounced. Uh, you know, here's another thing. You have to start now comparing Maryland, like put him in the same conversation as Rutgers. I, you do. They're, they're that bad. Yeah. They And again, they weren't that bad at the beginning of the year. And, you know, throw away the seven, 79, whatever. Th th those are kind of bogus, you know, against crap teams. But still, the team we saw at the beginning of the year, was way better than this team right now. Correct. So it's got to be adjustments. I mean, this is pretty, you know, a pretty basic way of wording this, but they're not blocking and they're not tackling. And they're usually not lining up in the right place. Correct. And I'm not even sure if the right guys are on the field. Seriously. It's that bad. It's got to be just helter-skelter on that sideline. I don't know, man. I, I think there are extenuating circumstances yeah. when you can fire a guy year one. You're thinking I, it's that bad. I, it, I doesn't what, it look I that you, bad? I tell you one thing. He he better not do. He better not pop somebody. He better not get no. caught doing something. You know what I mean? Nope. Don't do a dumb thing, Locks, because you're going to give him a you know reason. All right. So with the win, Nebraska moves to five and six overall, three and five in the conference. Maryland falls to three and eight overall. One in seven in Big Ten play with, of course, that one win being over Rutgers. Next game up, Wisconsin, 45, Purdue, 24, 606 yards of total <laughs> offense for the Badgers, 376 yards for uh, Purdue. Sweet, fancy Moses, Wisconsin had 403 yards rushing. Yeah, that's how you can win a football game right there. <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> and I guess Wisconsin turned the ball over four times. And, and that's astounding. And still won by three scores. And, and to only one turnover for Purdue. Correct. They, they lost they, by they, three. They were negative three in the turnover, and they beat Purdue that bad. That's how you win a football game. That's how you win a Big Ten football game, especially <laughs> if you're Wisconsin. I mean, this is this is exactly how they wanted this game to go. Just churn the, the yards out on the ground. Stop Purdue from doing it. You know that's not going to be really hard to do. But 403 yards rushing to 50. I mean, if that's the only stat you saw in this game. So, yeah. Um, but, that I mean, that's what's crazy. If if you blindly just looked at two stat lines, two places that you could look would be turnover margin sure. and rushing totals. Mm -hmm. one they were was, opposite. Correct. Yeah. One was all the way for Wisconsin. One was all the way for Purdue. I guess in this case – when you're uh, uh, holding the ball for that much longer, 36 minutes. Oh, man. To uh, produce 23 or 37 to 23. So, <laughs> um, with that being said, we, I had predicted, we talked on the podcast, that, that Purdue should have success throwing, throwing the ball. The ball. Yep. And they did. I mean, Aiden yeah. O'Connell threw the ball 43 times. We joked. What was what was Jeff Brom was going to uh, – Hear about the stat, Drew Brees. Had oh yeah, 80. yeah. See if he could break it. That's right. Eighty three. He, he only got. He only got halfway there. Yeah, he only got halfway there. Uh, but twenty six of forty three, uh, two hundred eighty nine yards, two touchdowns. Um, Bryson Hopkins was everywhere in yeah. this game. So Man. Purdue kept coming back. They kept coming back in this game. So but does the, that concern you though? 
like for if for Wisconsin? Yes. Yeah, I know. Hundred percent. How do you, I mean? How, they're oh, you look at these stats; they're pretty dominating, right? But are you concerned for Wisconsin I right am. now? Like the the way they're and I trending. Think Wisconsin fans are as well. I mean, obviously, they're you know they're they're having a good year again. Yep. You know, but the Wisconsin how Wisconsin typically looks when they are a 10 11 win team this doesn't look like it to me no and mostly it's because it I, this I'm gonna make this statement you tell me if you think this is accurate or not Wisconsin's rushing attack is getting better but their mm-hmm. passing attack and defense are both getting worse yeah yeah I is mean definitely fair? definitely defense no doubt and Cone probably is not what he was Earlier in the year, either. I mean, he had a decent day, fifteen and nineteen, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. He had a that's pick. pretty good. Actually, I mean, it's it's that's a pretty accurate day. Um, but yeah, I mean, there just seems to be people running free on the Wisconsin's yeah. secondary. I know something's like, something's wrong. It's off. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's a a talent thing. I mean, you alluded to. Um, have people kind of figured out the three four defense a little? That's interesting. Not necessarily just three four, but their overall scheme that they're running right now. The, the overall right, the right. scheme That's and personnel I mean. together. The Illinois figured something out, and I think everyone will just watch that film and the, and they're doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean Nebraska moved the ball at will Absolutely. last week, and yeah, I mean you Wisconsin's. Got, you got to figure Minnesota's going to be able to move the ball pretty easily on them at this point. Yeah, I mean we'll break that down, but uh, Who, do we know a line there? Yeah. Take a guess. I, I I would think that Minnesota's favored by five. Wisconsin favored by four. No way. Crazy. Holy crap. I know. It's funny because a couple of my gopher fans were asking me what they that I thought the line would be. Uh, a couple DMs and people texting me and I said I think, you know, Minnesota by three or four. Okay. And they all said I thought you Wisconsin would be favored. I'm like, No, you're crazy. Wow. And they were right. I was I was dead wrong. Boy, that's kind of crazy. That huh? surprises me. Yeah. Uh Purdue Oh, by yeah, the way, Jonathan Taylor, 28 carries, 222 yards. And a touchdown. <laughs> that guy's a freaking machine. <laughs> I'm, again, it's just amazing. He never even gets dinged up. I've never even seen him in the tent once in his career. <laughs> he, he, he does not believe in tents. He's tentless. Yep. He goes camping. He just he just sleeps. He's anti-tent. Stars. Just just needs a, a sleeping bag and unroll it right by the fire. All right, with the win, Wisconsin moves to nine and two overall, six and two in the conference. Very much alive to make it to Indy. Purdue now will be un, will not be boiling. Yeah, or bowling. Oh, boiling! I like that. <laughs> As they fall to four and seven, going boiling. overall three and five. So in let's the conference. One more thing about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Now twelve games in his career over two hundred yards. Just another thing, Whew, and they keep showing the stats. Comparing him to how many yards rushing through his junior year. I mean, he's passed Archie Griffin. He's Everyone passed uh, Herschel Walker. Yeah. It's and, and Ron Dane. He's, he's oh yeah, I suppose yeah. it probably did. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, another stat here before we move on. Again, nine of eleven on third downs. That is incredible. And they were one of one on fourth down. So and, ten out of twelve. And in those part situations. of the reason that they were that high of percentage on third down is most of them were third and two. Right. That <laughs> sure helps out get a quite a bit, more. especially when you got Jonathan Taylor back there. <laughs> All right, last game up. This was our Big Ten game of the week. Week, the Ohio State Buckeyes twenty-eight, Penn State Nittany Lions seventeen. Total yards. 417 yards of total offense for Ohio State to only 227 for Penn State. Yeah, to me, this looked like a game that Ohio State was basically in control, I felt like, the whole game. The only reason that Penn State made it look good at the end was those turnovers. Turnovers. That was I, it. I took a, I took a screenshot um, when there was 10 minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the third quarter. Ohio State was up 21 to nothing. The total yards at that point, okay. 330 yards of total offense to 96 for oh, Penn State. Oh, wow. No kidding. The when, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was that bad. Um, I mean, I think the general thought process was at that point that all of America was watching that game thinking, yikes, yeah. Ohio State is just that good. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not playing a bunch of slouches over there either. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> Penn State's yeah. got some dogs. And they just they didn't really belong in this game until those turnovers happened. But with that being said, um, I predicted a much bigger win 
by Ohio State. Yeah, sure. Um, they were on their way to do that, but Penn State has a ton of pride when they look down the front of their jersey and see that mm -hmm. they are the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yep. They fought and fought. You don't get back into games and force turnovers sure. unless you're still trying to play hard and make plays happen. That's what they did. They, I'm not, nobody should, no Penn state fan should apologize for them getting back into the game. They got themselves back in the game by, by forcing turnovers. Um, Justin Fields with a big, uh, uh, fumble. Um, yeah, JK Dobbins with a big fumble that, you know, almost sure. got returned back and both of them were deep in, uh, yeah. That, so, I mean, it set Penn state up so for short huge field. Plays. Uh, short field plays. And let's but not yet, forget they came back without Sean Clifford. Correct. Yeah. He, Sean was, he was knocked got, out of the game. By got then. knocked out too. Um, but while Sean Clifford was in the game, I mean, he was in the game long enough to have 17 passing attempts. How many yards did he get with those 17 passing attempts? 71 yards. I was uh, journey. Brown looked okay. I yeah. guess, you know, 64 yeah. yards on 11 carries. He had a touchdown, but the fact of the matter was, I, I think it was, very under it was understandable to walk to uh, see Penn State going into this game and look at that Ohio State defense think how was Penn State going to move the ball sure they really did no they didn't and and to me it's amazing that you've got players like Dobbins and you've got Justin Fields and that all those wide receivers and that great offensive line that's not even the best part of this team the defense to me is the best part of this team I think that's official and something that kind of blew my mind a little bit was just how many times in this game they went to Justin Fields running the ball. Oh, my gosh. Like that was their third down conversion plays. I know. So, you know, obviously you don't want to do that in, when you're playing Maryland and Rutgers. But when, you, when you're when you playing something like Penn State, you got to bring that out. Boy, did they ever. He ran 21 times. 21 attempts. I know. That's, that's and too I, many. And, and I think, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just doing this off the cuff here, but I'm going to say – 15 of those 21 carries were design runs. Yes. I mean, it was over half. I know. It, That's crazy. It surprised me. I didn't think they would do that. And, and J.K. Dobbins Dobbs had a good day. He had a good day, but 36 carries yeah. for 157. But still a 4.4-yard average is not, not bad. Uh, against that defense. I was going to say, yes. this is a Penn State defense. But, but my whole thing is just K.J. Hill, Chris Olave, Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor, Garrett Wilson, right? We were talking about yep. one of the most talented wide receiver groups in oh, the it's, country. If it's not the, the deepest, most, right? Absolutely. At least for deepest, at yeah. least for deepest. Yes. Um, and going against a Penn state secondary that had gotten absolutely yes. touched up by Minnesota and Indiana, the two previous weeks, I was surprised that that's not where Ohio state went to go get the yards and right. third down conversions. That is weird, isn't it? And I, then from Twitter, Ohio State fans were kind of saying the same thing. Like, what's yeah. up with the play calling? Today? It is strange. I mean, Fields only threw 22 times. He ran 21. Yeah. And That's by crazy. the way, speaking of Justin Fields, when he went down to, at yeah. the end of the game, yeah. if there was some way to judge this, that was the quietest that horseshoe has maybe ever been in its 80-year existence or however old that's You know what is. there was? There was a pucker factor at that moment. Oh, boy, did we have a pucker factor. There was factor. some puckering going on. Because that was so late in the game where, I mean, the game wasn't decided. He still had to. He still needed to be in He there. still had to be in but there. But it would have sucked if he got injured because there. Because it was, right, yeah. Yeah. So, all and right. By the way, this is by far the most talented team that Ohio State's played. It was. And they handled them easily. Yeah. I mean, definitely for the first two and a half quarters, they did. Uh, you know, but, it, but you do have to give Penn State credit for getting back yeah, in the game. Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe I'm not giving, giving them enough credit for those turnovers. Well, I just but you, looking at the turnovers, right? If a team loses a game, the fan base say, "Yeah, well, if it wasn't for the turnovers, we sure. would have won the game, or we would have beat you hard, you know, worse than we did, whatever." Um, but the other team forces the turnovers sometimes. Right. These 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 were forced turnovers by Penn State. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. look no further than Illinois to see that you, you can, can do that. force. Yeah, turnovers that's a thing through through good coaching it's, and good execution yes so yeah all right so with the win ohio state moves to 11 and 0 they have punched their ticket to indianapolis officially as they are 8 and 0 in the conference penn state falls to 9 and 2 overall 6 and 2 in the conference okay so saturdaytradition.com dustin shooty these are his rankings big 10 rankings from bottom to top we'll start with 14 ruckers of course but right on, their heels right on their heels is the Maryland Terrapins at 13 and 3 and 8 overall. Northwestern, I think, is just a shade above those teams. 
Yeah, don't you think? Yes. They're I they're 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 above those teams. They're above those yes. teams. Yeah. Uh, so Officially. Northwestern sitting at number 12 at 2 and 9. Uh, 11 is Purdue at 4 and 7. I guess you'd probably That's a big step up right there. It's a yeah, it is. So don't you you do a little line of demarcation between 12 yep. and 11? Yep. Okay, and then at 10 is Sparty sitting at 5 and 6. Boy, I mean I But somebody's got to be there, yeah. right? Yeah, and I yeah, they 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 they've earned I that. think I think you could already start looking there to say that there's depth in this conference. I know cuz it's not a bad team right there. No. Sparty. They no. they've they've had They're going to be a bull. They're going to be a bull team. They're going to be a bull team. Yeah. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> uh number 9 Nebraska sitting at 5 and 6. Again, showing the depth there. And last week they were 11, so they've moved up. Yep. Shooty gave them some credit there and I I believe I'm going to agree with that. Yep. And then Illinois sitting at Number eight at six and five overall after dropping the game to Iowa. And, you know, that just for a second there, I think you can use this a lot. Uh, We have gotten to the point in the season where, well, sadly, the season's almost over. Um, Head to head gets to be sketchy because right there, Dustin Schutte has Illinois ranked above Nebraska. Sure. But Nebraska beat them head to head. Yep. But you, you can't use that for forever forever no like at some point it comes to the thing where especially where it's been long enough where the teams change or develop or yep. something like that and i think that's an example where you can look at the total resume and Definitely. wins for illinois and i think we could probably use that a couple times moving forward go ahead yeah and illinois playing a, you know a tough iowa team on the road pretty well at seven is going to be indiana hoosiers at seven and four overall with four pretty damn good losses yes um was talking to a guy at the bar yesterday and he he looks up he says indiana they're good. I'm like, heck yeah, they're right, good. Right. So we had a little conversation about that for a while. Number six, the Iowa Hawkeyes at eight and three overall. Five is Wisconsin at nine and two. Boy. Yeah. That's probably they've yeah. probably earned that. Yeah, I'd say don't so. you think? Yep. The head to head was pretty recent. They've got more wins. Yep. Yep. And then at four is Penn State at nine and two. Three is Michigan at nine and two, which is that's a tough one. Now Minnesota is at at number two overall. 10 I would and one. give it to Minnesota right now. They've earned it, so yep. you got to give it to them. But if they were playing on a neutral field right now, I I would be taking Michigan. Boy, I just like where they're at right now. And then of course number one overall is going to be Ohio State at eleven and zero. Yeah. So essentially, there is a gigantic gap again between. I think I know that the score wound up being pretty close, but. We saw what we saw that first part of the um, the game with Ohio State. There's a gap between one and two. Um, I think two yep. and three right now, Minnesota and Michigan on their own plane. Yep. Then pretty much four through about five or six, they're kind of all together. There. Yeah, and here we are talking about uh, the, the Badgers at five and Minnesota at two, and yet the Badgers are favored. And it's at Minnesota. And it's at Minnesota. Game day coming to Minnesota. Thank That's God. Official. All right. And it's yes, about time. Big Kurt and I, we graciously accept to be the celebrity picker. Yes. ESPN should choose to pick us. I haven't got the call yet. Have you? Has no, anyone I, contacted? You know, I my phone. I'll check my phone. Yeah, I'm sure me. I've it, got a message. Yeah, so. Yep. Go ahead and keep nominating us out there. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Me too, buddy. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>